You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 156. Today, we're talking all about how to create more time. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now with over 1.2 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Mind Your Business Podcast. I've got a really exciting episode for you. I'm pumped. We're going to talk all about time. Time, 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 time. This is a doozy. This is powerful. This is something that's near and dear to my heart. This is something that I've always been fascinated with because if we, as entrepreneurs, take an assessment of our lives, chances are everyone here listening to my voice, maybe I'm in your earbuds or in your car or on a Bluetooth speaker, chances are everyone listening has challenges around time. There are thousands, I think last I looked, like 4,000 books on Amazon in the time management category. Most of you have probably tried half a dozen or so time management systems. Yet here we are, struggling to get enough time to get it all done. So if that sounds like you, you're in the right place and this episode is for you today. I'm not gonna talk about some time management strategy. I'm not gonna give you some new efficient system for getting more done in half the time. In fact, this is nothing like that at all. However, what I do believe is that the system I'm going to take you through or the process I'm going to take you through is something that you can do right now while listening to this episode here with me today and drastically shift and transform your relationship with time so that you can finally experience having more. I cannot tell you how many people talk about how they don't have enough time. Where do you think overwhelm comes from? If you're saying, I'm overwhelmed, I'm so overwhelmed, that is a symptom. And part of that cause we'll get to, but it has to do, it's correlated with a story you're telling yourself of, I don't have enough time to do all the things that I need to do. You therefore become overwhelmed. So there's either too much on the plate or the deadlines that you've created for yourself are too narrow. When we're stressed, it's really the same thing. It's a loss of power either in our communication, you know, like saying yes to something you should have said no to, or feeling like there's just, you know, putting too much on your plate than you really can tackle. And, you know, if I adjusted the time span, like if I gave you, extended your deadlines on what you had to do, perhaps the stress would begin to alleviate. So this time factor is at play in every area of our lives. 
In fact, I asked you guys on Instagram to let me know what are the things that you say about time? What are the things that you're saying about time? I had people say, I don't have enough time. Others saying, time is the most valuable commodity that we got. I don't prioritize my time well. There is only a limited amount of time. Time is finite. Time is money. I'm out of time. We're running out of time, right? These are everywhere. And if this sounds like you, if this is your experience, I think you're really going to benefit from this episode. So I want to make sure that you're super present, paying close attention, because this one's a doozy, and I'm going to ask you to do some work here, some big work, okay? So I'm going to basically take you through four phases or really a four-step process for this. So ultimately, we can get you a transformation or a breakthrough around your experience with time so you have more than enough time. Because that's the thing that you never hear anyone say. Have you ever heard someone say like, what do I do with all this extra time on my hands? Gosh, I, you know, question, what do you do when you have too much time? What am I supposed to do with the rest of my day? No one's saying that. You notice that? Okay, so this is a massive problem. It really is an, an epidemic. There's an epidemic of time. And we're going to help you fix that right now. I'm going to empower you that. So the first step here, the first thing we've got to get you to get is that there is this thing, time, that we perceive as out there. And when we perceive it out there, we then have a relationship with time. Okay, so when you are describing the things that you're saying, and I'm going to get you to do that in a moment, so you're going to have some homework, you therefore have a relationship with time. Now, what does that mean? Well, just like you have a relationship with time, you have a relationship with everyone in your life. So like we're going to use an example of like your father. So you have a relationship with your father. What is the relationship you have with your father? And really what I mean is not describing the relationship itself, but rather how you see your father. So you might see your father as like super loving and just the most supportive, amazing person on the planet. And if that's how you see your father, that's how you see your father. And that's the relationship you have with him. And chances are, you know, if he went to college, maybe he joined a fraternity and maybe he was like the party animal that would like do keg stands and someone else in his fraternity saw your father a very different way than the way that you see him. Yet we tend to distort or delete anything else that wouldn't correlate with this view or lens through which you experience your father. And maybe he goes to his 20, 30, I don't know, 40 year reunion. There's his old beer buddy from college and all of a sudden, he sees your father the same way that he saw him back in college. And so he would relate to him differently than you would, right? And again, we can do this with any example. Like maybe you're just like, oh, my father's a jerk. He's a jerkwad. Well, what this means is that if you've decided to label him a certain way, that's the only way that he can show up for you. And I know that's going to be hard for some people because they're like, no, that's who he is. But someone else in his life, chances are, could completely disagree. Maybe, you know, his parents experience him a different way. Your grandparents, 
maybe his wife, your mother, right? So everyone has their own unique experience, relationship, or lens through which they experience people. Why is this important? And what does this have to do with anything? We'll get to that. But what I really want you to understand first is that number one, you have a relationship with time, just like you have a relationship with everyone else in your life. And how you experience that person is how they will show up for you because you will find evidence that supports your judgments, your opinions, and your made up thoughts, like what I've like made up my mind about how this person is. And you will see evidence of that everywhere you go. Now, again, that's a hard pill for some people to swallow because they really want to fight and defend all the, the reasons and facts about why someone is the way they are. But can we argue that maybe they are a different way with somebody else? And so someone else might have a completely different experience of them. But because you've locked in this viewpoint, this vantage point, this window through which you see these people in your life, that they really can't show up any other way for you. Okay. Now, if that makes sense and you're still with me, I want to offer that you're doing the same thing with time, that you have a relationship with time that you see or experience, because you can't really see it, but you experience time through a fixed view or lens. And you made up your mind and made decisions way long ago about time and what time is and what time isn't. So we'll continue with this, but the first part of this this is frankly, it's only going to work for those that actually take the time to do the work. So it's, it's worth it to do it. But the first piece here is to little homework is to write down and notice and describe your relationship with time. What are the words, the phrases, even just the feelings you feel around time that what are the stories you're telling about time? And I'm going to give you an example of, you know, I've, I've known this for a while, but I, I had to like reset myself. So this is a discipline just like everything else. So here's what I noticed. I noticed that I would get tired in the afternoon and this is like a month or so ago. So what I noticed myself starting to do was create this thing where I had like almost like a race of time on the clock for the first half of the day that I had to get everything important that I needed to get done in the first half of the day because by the afternoon I'd be tired and I wouldn't want to keep working and I'd want to go to the beach or go relax or do something fun. So I started to create this new urgency around time where I had so much time left to do to get things done before I was like tired in the afternoon and you know just wanted to like chill and relax. And all of a sudden I felt myself being urgent with my relationship with time, that there's only so much time to get what I need to do done. This was the new relationship that I created with time. And you have one as well. Otherwise, you wouldn't still be listening. Okay? So what I want to offer, first of all, is I want you to take the time, whether you want to pause this or whatever, and just write down what is my relationship with time? What are the exact phrases, stories, words that I use when I'm describing time? Or when I'm describing when things aren't working, I say, there's just not enough time. Like, what are the exact words? And what I want to offer here is that for most of us, if not all of us, there is just this latent, embedded idea of urgency. That time is finite and it's never enough. And so we then operate from a place of urgency. 
So that's the first thing is to just write down how do you describe time and take a moment, pause or whatever you got to do and write that down, write it all down. And then your homework assignment beyond this episode is to continue to recognize when you describe time in a disempowering way. Anytime you describe time or just like the amount of hours you have or how much work you got to do and the space that you have to do it. Sometimes you'll try and fool yourself and not use the word time. Like, I just can't get to this today. Well, that's still you talking about time. You see that? I'm just too overwhelmed. Okay. Even just like, I'm getting too tired. Like all of that is a relationship with time because you're saying that there's more I need to do and it needs to get done now rather than later, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And it's all tangled and it's all, you know, mucky. And if we don't get this sorted out, it's going to continue to be a struggle. So once you've done that and you've identified the stories and the relationships, here's where we want to start to go deeper. Looking at what you've written down, looking at the stories, maybe it's like, there's never enough time. For me, it was, you got to get it all done before you get tired. Okay. How does this relationship with time affect you? Or how do you react to this relationship? You want to get really clear here, okay? So for me, how does this relationship with time affect you? Well, I'm rushing. I got in a race. I woke up in the morning. It was like, if I don't get started now, I'm already behind. And then it was like this, go, 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 go. And I got to go fast. And I would rush. And there was this like latent sense of urgency there for me. And so I was then disappointed if I didn't get it done or blah, 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 right? And then time continued to feel shorter and shorter and shorter. I got this experience of more and more things added to the calendar and less and less and less possible for me. That's what you're going to continue to experience as you tell these stories, as you're going to find out in just a moment. So take a moment, pause this if you got to and say, how is my existing relationship that I've just described with time, how is it affecting me? How am I reacting to this relationship? You know, if someone in your life is a jerk, if your boss is a jerk, how does that affect you? How are you reacting to that? Okay, same thing here. Take a moment and do that. If you really want to master this, if you don't, you just like passively listening and then saying, James, I don't have the time to do this. <laughs> That's why you should be doing this. Okay, so do that. Let's move on to the second piece. So to recap, the first piece is that you have a relationship with time. The second piece is to also notice that part one is your relationship with time is not time. It's your filter or lens through which you experience time, but it is not what time actually is. However, your relationship with time will determine how you experience time. Your relationship with time, what you wrote down in the first piece, for those of you guys who actually took the time to do that, that is the only way that time can show up for you. Just like if you said your father is a jerk, he can't be anything else to you because we are constantly filtering and distorting and deleting anything that doesn't correlate with our view of how things are. So your relationship with time is the filter through which you experience time, but it is not actually time. And we don't even need to understand what time is because frankly, I don't. There's a fantastic video we'll link up talking about the 10th dimension 
and talks about how time actually exists in an, another dimension. There's a uh, spiritual practice that says all time is now. That's crazy that there is no past, present, or future, that it's all happening now, but we just experience it from a different dimension. And then, of course, there's, you know, Einstein and the space-time continuum. Like, it's crazy. I don't think we're meant to really <laughs> fully understand and grasp it. But what we can grasp is that just like you have a relationship with people in your lives, you have a relationship with time. And that relationship will actually, the stories you tell, the way you experience it, the things you say about it, will actually determine how you experience time and it can't show up any other way. So this is just like manifesting. This is just like law of attraction. This is just like saying you create your own reality. Well, you create your own experience of time. You say you don't have enough time. You can't scream that from a mountaintop enough and have God or the universe say, okay, then I shall give you more. Right? So it is actually saying, oh, okay, you don't have enough time. Great. Here's evidence of that. Great. Here's more evidence of that. You're out of time. Great. Let me take away your time. A lot of our listeners here are all about the manifesting and all about this stuff. And it's so awesome. But, but for some reason, time is like some other, well, it doesn't, you know, that, that's different. <laughs> no, it's all the same. It's all the same. Okay. So if you're with me so far, first off, we said that you have a relationship with time. Second off, we said your relationship with time is not actually time itself. However, you, this relationship is what determines how you will experience time. It's how time will show up for you. Now, third, this is where it's going to hurt a little bit. If you look back to what you wrote down, because you did your homework, about your stories about time, what you said time is, you wouldn't have written that down you know, you don't want to have a shortage of time. You don't want to have not enough time. You don't want to be out of time. You don't want those things. But you wouldn't have written those down. You wouldn't have spoken those out loud and in your head day in and day out if there wasn't something in it for you. Just going to let that sink in for a moment. That you chose probably subconsciously to have these disempowering, finite relationships with time because you got a benefit out of it. If you think I'm excluding myself from this conversation, um, I'm not. Now, this is some tough work here because this takes some honesty, some self-honesty, like really taking a hard look at yourself and saying, when I'm complaining about not enough time, when I'm complaining that... There's not enough time in the day. You're getting a benefit out of that. What is the benefit? Now, I want you to actually sit with that before I, I kind of give you the answer and see what comes up for you. What could possibly be, assuming that there is, let's just, for a moment, just stay open, just stay coachable. Don't try and combat me on this. Is your, your ego is going to want to push back a little bit. No, James, I have so much evidence that there's only, look, I, I watch my clock go by. I look at the clock. The clock doesn't, you know, lie, I get that. But there's a difference between a clock and what it's doing and your experience of it. So for example, if I give you the time one minute, is that a lot or a little? 60 seconds, is that a lot or a little? Some of you say a lot, some of you say a little. Well, 60 seconds, you gotta put your hand on a burning stove. Is that a lot or a little? That's a lot, right? That's the longest 60 seconds of your life. And if I said a movie, 
Academy Award winning movie at 60 seconds long. That's short. Time is relative, folks. And we are all interpreting time and distorting time through our relationship with it. But we created that relationship. You might have heard other people say it. Like your parents might have told you, time is money, like my dad, all the time. Time is money, time is money. Go, 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 go. That was him, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but I adopted that. There's a lot of urgency there. I still had to adopt it. I still had to say, okay, this is how time is. What I want you to look for, and then pause and just look, what's in it for you to say that there's not enough time? To say that you're overwhelmed? To throw up your hands and say, I can't do it because I just, I don't have the time. Did you pause? Did you... Think of something? What did you come up with? Maybe you didn't and you're just like, I just want to go through the motions. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. Go through the motions. It won't be as powerful because it's about self-discovery. It's about introspection, not James O'Spectron. <laughs> James O'Spection. <laughs> right? Okay. So what I want to offer is that when you say not enough time, or I don't have the time, only a little bit of time, in those moments of frustration and desperation and exasperation, whatever those Asian words are, that you are avoiding responsibility in other areas of your life. Where are you avoiding responsibility in your life when you say not enough time? Now, if you're sitting there crossing your arms and shaking your head and saying, no, James, not me, then you're not being open and coachable because the fact is, is you are. If you are complaining about time, there's a benefit. There's something in it for you. It allows you to avoid something. It's basically using time as the scapegoat. It's easy to blame time, but here's what I want you to get. I've spoken about this before. And I really want you to get this before we get to the last phase here. Your life will be as successful and workable and possible to the degree in which you take responsibility for everything in your life. So what percentage responsibility are you taking in your life? We know we're not taking full responsibility when we have any type of blaming or complaining. Any type of blaming or complaining, in those moments, we are not taking full responsibility. You can't be the victim, which if you look at your stories of time, that describes you being a victim to time. So you cannot be a victim and take 100% responsibility for your life. Period. So you're either taking 100% responsibility or you are a victim to time. Yet what I want to offer again and remind you is that you created this relationship with time. You are responsible for that relationship that you created. And as I just said, it's your relationship with time that determines your experience of time. So here's what I want to share, because I think it's only fair if I share where I wasn't taking responsibility. I'm not just sharing this with you and saying, James is perfect and flawless, and you must conform to meet my standards. No, I'm just as human and fallible and messed up as you, all right? 
So here's the thing. I found myself getting busier and busier and busier and rushing through this day. Like I just got into this weird routine of like, oh my gosh, like I got to get everything done in these few hours. And then if something was scheduled in the morning, I was like, crap, I don't have any time at all. And I just, just perpetuated this story and I could feel it. I could see it getting worse and worse and worse. Like the day was only like a minute long. And then I took a hard look at this. And I said, I'm, I'm complaining so much about time right now. My relationship with time is so disempowering and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so my way out of it wasn't just to tell a new story about time. It was to discover where this was a payoff for me. Where was I benefiting? And to just share and get for reals with you, I saw that because I'm really good at work, <laughs> okay, We've got a very successful business. I love it. You know, it's, it lights me up. It fulfills me. It's something that also comes very natural, very easy to me today, at least, you know, because I've done it for so long that it's so easy to stay working. It's so easy to work and use that as an excuse to get off of any responsibility for anything else in my life. So... I also noticed that when my lovely wife would ask for help around the house and things that needed to get done there, I was using not enough time and I'm too busy, okay, that's a relationship with time, to avoid responsibility and doing things around the house and I was putting that on her. What a jerk, right? So she would say like, hey, can I get your help with this? And I was just like, I'm so busy right now. And she was like, her hands were tied because she understands. She's like, okay, you got to do what you got to do. But that was just my, my story and my experience and my distorted relationship with time that I was creating. And I was doing it unbeknownst to me because it was easier to just say that than to do something I didn't want to do or to do something in another area of my life that maybe I didn't want to do or felt uncomfortable doing, et cetera. But I was clearly avoiding responsibility in other areas of my life. And I saw that. Now, if you can get to that, if you can uncover something that you're avoiding responsible, maybe it's every other area in your life. Maybe it's just one other area. Maybe it's avoiding doing the things that are really outside your comfort zone in the business. Okay. Are you staying too busy and too overwhelmed because you don't want to actually like face the fact that you're gonna have to do some scary stuff like that first live webinar or that first event or whatever that thing that's scaring the bejesus out of you, is that where you're avoiding responsibility in your life? And you're gonna have to take a look at that. And if you actually took a look at that and confronted that, now we can start to get our power back because you can take responsibility. And that's exactly what I did. And I just told Chelsea, I told my wife, I said, I see what I've been doing. I didn't know I was doing this. It was totally subconscious to me. I totally see it now that I was blaming time and using work as a scapegoat to get out of things I didn't want to do. And that's not fair. And I apologize. And then I using, you know, integrity in my word, I, I said, I'm, I take full responsibility for everything in my life, including my relationship with time and my responsibilities around the house. And that was a few weeks ago. And my entire relationship with time obviously is like it also positively impacted my relationship with my wife has shifted now if you can uncover that 
you can also realize that there was and there is this consequence if you continue to tell this story, continue to have this experience. Now, for me, I saw that I would continually be rushed, more stressed, and get more overwhelmed, that time wasn't going to suddenly give me more of itself. But I also saw that it was affecting my relationship with my wife. I was leaving all the stuff to her, and she felt alone in that. She didn't complain or even express any of that. And I'm glad I caught it before she did say anything. And you can probably notice that if you hold on to this story and this experience of your relationship with time, that there's going to be some consequences for you as well. So really, this third piece is, can you let it go? Will you let it go? And if you can, that'll take us to the fourth piece of this which is that you can now create a new story or a new relationship with time. In order to do that, I want you to actually meet time for the first time. (laughs) Just like you could go to someone in your family. Could you look at them with fresh eyes? Could you take off the glasses that you wear for them? And look at them as if you see them for the first time like they're a stranger. And could you see them absent of any judgments or opinions and just be present with them and just discover who they really are. Let them surprise you. Let them show you a different side of themselves and just be there with them. You might discover, wow, I didn't know my dad is also very funny. Now, if you can get this analogy of this relationship with people in your life, it's the same thing with time. And so what this will really be, and you can do this with me, if you've done the other three steps, your homework with me, then you can do that right now by getting present to time right now in this moment. See, part of your relationship with time is that you've made it linear. You've made it this thing that has past, present, and future. There's now, and then there's what just happened, like there was the beginning of this episode, and then there's like next week's episode, or what I'm doing later today, and what I'm doing next month, and next year. And we kind of collapse that all into what our relationship with time is. You can kind of get that, right? Like time is this thing that has past and present and future. It's linear. It goes, we measure it in seconds. Like that's part of this whole relationship. So that's how we experience time as well. That's part of the filter through which we look at time. But if we really, really, really look, just like if you, you know, instead of thinking, my father's a jerk, you just look and see what you discover with your father, you might discover something else. But if you really look at time right now, not at your clock, I'm not asking you to look at your clock, but you really just look at time, like get present to time, You can do that right now by just getting really present. Maybe just really noticing where you are in this moment, bringing your attention and your awareness back to this moment, not about the thoughts in your head about what you're doing later or what you should have done or how much time you really have, but just to this moment. You'll notice in this present moment right here with me, there is no past 
There is no future. There's just this moment and this moment and this moment. And that's all we ever have is this moment and this moment. And from here, we can create a whole new relationship with time. But I think it really starts with acceptance. Acceptance of time as it is, which is just this moment. This is all we ever have is this present moment. Yet 99.9% of the time, we aren't present. We're only present when we realize how unpresent we've been right? Like you're already started to drift. It's like, were you present this whole time I've been talking? How about now? You see, when you worry, when you stress, when you talk about how you don't have enough time, when you talk about all of the things or think about all the things you got to do, you're not in the present moment. You're in the future. When you think about all the things you did yesterday or how the day went or whatever, you're, you're back there. When you talk about the way someone is or that thing that someone said that's really pissing you off still you're back there in the past but when we're present to time there is no past and there is no future there's just now and when you really truly get present to the present moment you can choose to see time differently you can choose to say declare anything you want about time like I have all the time in the world or I can get everything done in the right amount of time or there is an abundance of time or all time is now or anything else that comes up. And that's your fourth assignment is to get present to the presence of time in this present moment, as present as you can get. And write a new story and begin to live into that one. Now, here's your homework. If you've gone through this pro, if you just kind of listen to it, that's great. Go back and do and actually do the work. This is about introspection here. Your assignment from here on out would be to begin to notice and catch yourself every time you have a disempowering story or complaint about time. Catch yourself in the moment. And then use that time to then get present and then start to tell your new story and continue to do that. This is a discipline and it takes time to form a new habit. It's not just like, oh, I listened to an episode and all of a sudden I have all the time in the world. That might happen for some of you. Catch yourself in the disempowering relationship and then use that to get yourself present and tell the new story. My story is this moment is it and this is perfect right here in this moment and I'm present. That's all I do. And that's my new empowering relationship with time. Because all I have is this moment and that's it. That's all I need and that's perfect. You see, when we resist that, when we choose anything else but that, we are distorting our relationship with time and you will see it speed up when you need more of it and slow down when you don't. Try this on. Give it a week of your focus. If time has really been a struggle for you, then do this. If you're already struggling because you have too much time, you don't know how to do it all that time, I don't know how to help you. (laughs) Start another business. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Please give me your feedback on this on Instagram. I'd love to hear what is now showing up for you. 
how things are starting to look different, okay? Thank you again so much for listening. I'm so excited to hear your feedback and your results from this. Have fun with this. And I'll see you next week on another episode. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I wanna show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.